On this week's episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast, we are talking work-life balance, how to reprioritize your schedule for the things that matter in life, and how to stay caffeinated to make a difference in the world. What's up, competitors? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. Can you believe it's just a week and a half left in 2019? It's amazing how fast this year has flown by. And I hope if you're like me, you've been just dialed in and focused on your daily process. You're not getting distracted by the end goals, that finish line, but instead working on how you can improve who you are every day. How can you have the mindset, the discipline to build the habits in life, to build the lifestyle you wish to create? Because if you do that, the outcomes, the end goals, the successes that you're working toward will take care of themselves. But all that you control is what you do today. And so you have to have a firm control on your schedule. You have to have a firm control on your work-life balance. And you have to be focused on the things that matter. These are just a few of the topics conversation I have today with Caffeine and Kilo's co-founder, Danny Lear. Danny and I have been connected on social media for a while, and obviously having brands in the fitness and wellness space compete every day, and Caffeine and Kilo's have been uh, crossing over in terms of audience, in terms of events for years now. And they've done a fantastic job at building their brand, at pushing a caffeinated lifestyle. And so on today's episode, we dive into a little bit of his journey of, of how he went from a PE teacher and wrestling coach to an entrepreneur, how he's built and and grown their CrossFit gym, CrossFit Excel, and what he's done to balance life. How does he manage his family, his children, his wife, his duties and responsibilities as a husband and father with growing a multiple businesses and, and the things that he has his hands in, as well as how you can still live a lifestyle, be active, be healthy without being in the gym every day of the week. And so today is a fun conversation with Danny that I think you're going to pull a lot out of and may help you refocus and reprioritize some of your daily activities heading into the new year. As always, to get connected with me or our team, email us at podcast at competeeveryday.com and be sure to check out our latest happenings, everything going on with the brand. We have a lot of exciting things rolling out in 2020 that you can learn about first and foremost at competeeveryday.com. I'm excited to introduce you to Danny and to dive into this conversation to help you start to head up, pick up steam, and finish 2019 on a strong note. So let's welcome to the show, Danny Lear. Danny, welcome to the show today, man. Hey, Jake, how you doing? Good. I'm excited awesome. for this conversation. Been a fan of your work and y'all's brands. Y'all built some, you built some really awesome products um, and brands and programs and just everything you've been involved in. Uh, for our listeners that may not be as caffeinated as you and I are, uh, tell us just a little bit about yourself. And then, man, I want to dive into your just inspirational journey. Yeah, of course. So I uh, am co-founder of Caffeine and Kilos. We're a fitness lifestyle brand. We make our own coffee that's really good. We sell apparel that looks good in the gym, outside the gym. Um, And our whole mission is just to spread the message of a positive, uh, active, healthy lifestyle. Like that's really what we're all about, right? Drinking coffee, lifting weights, having a good time, um, and kind of spreading that message, like I said, of a a healthy lifestyle. Um, So that's, that's, uh, I guess, 
jumped right to the end there. Hey, man, that's uh, that's something obviously our listeners love and they're all about as well. But your journey didn't just start there. You started as no. a PE teacher and getting into yeah. education before entrepreneurship. Yeah, so I, I always knew I wanted to do something with business. I, I didn't know exactly what. And then I was coaching wrestling when I was in college and I was done competing. I was just coaching. And I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I always thought teaching was interesting. I always liked school. I liked going to school. It was fine. All that. Um, and then, but I also liked business and, and economics. Uh, it's kind of made sense. And I was actually an economics major for a little bit. And then I realized I, I got to get outside. Like I need that outside time. And also I loved coaching wrestling. And I was like, I got to, what job am I going to have where I can leave work at 2.30 to go to practice? And so I said, well, I guess I should be a teacher. Good, good reason of any. So, um, so I was teaching PE and then working out. I never, never stopped working out. Um, always liked doing kind of the, you know, I, I learned like how to do snatches and cleans and power cleans from some coaches in high school, did a good job. Uh, so with that, so I always kind of stayed, stayed with those a little bit. I did the bro stuff too, you know, but I always kind of did some squats and some cleans and snatches. So then when a friend of mine introduced me to CrossFit in 2007, uh, that made a lot of sense. I'm like, yeah, man, I, I feel like I did during wrestling practice um, as far as how tired I am. Uh, and uh, I like, you know, I like lifting weights. I like doing squats and cleans and this makes a lot of sense. So I started doing that. Uh, ended up joining up the guy who had just started an affiliate just recently and was looking for someone uh, to help him out. So I partnered with him. Um, I still have that uh, affiliate today. We're running that and then caffeine and kilos kind of happened and and uh, here we are now. I, I think my last year teaching was 2014 or 2015. So it's been a few years now. Yeah. Well, and, and Caffeine and Kilos just kind of came about because you guys wanted to have an event with something you loved, uh, which right. is, it's a very unique story. So I know you've told it a ton, but for yeah. maybe the new people used to the brand, tell us about how that weightlifting event ended up launching y'all's brand. So the idea wasn't to start a brand. The idea was just to host a competition. We wanted to, at the time, 2013, there was no money in weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting. Not that there's a ton now, but at least there's some, some avenues now. Um, at this time, there really wasn't much. And so we just wanted to host a weightlifting meet, get the best lifters in the country to come out uh, and to lift. And so we said, okay, well, ways we could do that if we have a, a cash prize and if we give them a crowd to lift in front of. Um, so this time, even like nationals and stuff, there just weren't that many people there. Um, so I, I, at that time, I was competing for California strength at a relatively high level, at a national level. So I kind of knew um, most of the best lifters in the country, um, or at least had some, you know, connection with them. And so we just put on this meet. We got a sponsor to fund the cash prize, and we did a CrossFit-style competition during the day, um, kind of raised some money there for the venue. And also get a crowd together for the weightlifters and, and just kind of bring the whole community together. Um, and so that was, that was the plan. And then we uh, kind of in that same time, the guys I was going to host this with, one of them made a, a mock-up of a shirt on Shirt Press that just kind of said, uh, it said, my life. And had a picture of a coffee mug and then a picture of a guy lifting weights. And he just kind of posted that to Facebook. So like, hey man, uh, basically like, I'm, I'm making one of these. Uh, who, who wants one? And the response was just overwhelming. It was like, you know, it wasn't like just his mom was like, oh, sure, sweetie. And like everyone, <laughs> everyone was like, dude, if you're making one, because he just wanted one for himself. Yeah. I was like, dude, if you're making one, I want one, whatever. 
and it, it was like kind of a real, real popular, real big hit. And so it was like, well, shit, instead of that, like maybe we should make, you know, what's better than just saying my life, whatever, like that actual shirt was never actually made because there's such a big response. It was like, oh man, there's something else to this, I think, you know? And so that was the idea of caffeine and kilos, right? Drinking coffee, you know, just getting fired up and working out, right? Um, and so, and, you know, and also caffeine and coffee and, and you know, in particular have such a, a deep background with strength training and weightlifting and just fitness in general, you know, like caffeine is the number one test to improve in ergogenic aid and, and they really are just kind of hand in hand, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, most people are used to the scoop of something that's going to just make you so right. jittery and crazy yeah. and right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's, that's not, don't get me wrong. Like there's a, there's a place for that. Sure. Like I look, I like, I, you know, like to admit or not, I like, I kind of like that as much as anybody at times, right. <laughs> there's a time for that. There's a time um, not for that. You can't do that every day, right? Like you, you don't want to walk into and, PE class when you were still dude, teaching, like scoop yeah. out. You can only go back to the well so many times. It's like, you know what? Like maybe it's max out Friday or there's a big lift or something you've been like gunning for and like, all right, if that time you want to, you know, take some pre-workout and whatever, uh, that's fine. But like, you can't, uh, that's not sustainable every day. Right. Yeah. So, so anyway, the, I was going to say one of the things that, that you didn't mention that I found fascinating with this first event was how you bet on yourself and you bet on the team yeah. because you cut a $7,000 check for the venue out of the gate before yeah. you'd ever put on the events. Like this was first one. Yeah. Well, it, I didn't, I didn't even look at it. I still kind of don't, I didn't look at it as a gamble or anything like that. Um, I didn't even tell my wife. Um, <laughs> and so, because I didn't call her whatever, because so we're looking at this venue and we kind of knew what we wanted to do. Okay, we're going to host this big competition, raise people out, whatever, right? We had the plan, kind of. And so we go to this venue, and it was a really nice venue. Was, oh, this would be great. This would be really cool. So then, um, well, it's $7,000, or we needed to put $7,000 down, however that worked out. I don't remember exactly. But $7,000 was what I needed to pay that day, I remember, to, to secure the, the venue. And, you know, they only had so many dates available, and it was kind of like, if you want to secure the venue, you want, you want to be here, we need to just put this down now. And so it was calculated. I'm like, all right, well, if we're going to do a team competition and there's going to be teams of four, um, you know, and it's $7,000, if we charge whatever, $300 per team, you know, then we're only going to need whatever, 20, if we get 24 teams or whatever it is, then that'll, that'll cover that and then we'll be good to go. And, you know, I have a gym that's relatively close. Uh, one of my co-founders owns a gym that's right there in town. And because uh, I've had, I've been in the CrossFit community since 2008 um, and, or 2007, 2008. And he has been since, you know, I think his affiliate opened in 2011 or something. Like we'd both kind of been around for a while. And so we knew, you know, everybody that owns a gym within, you know, 60 square miles at that time. Because um, this is 2013 as well. So it was, it was right right as CrossFit was really gaining popularity, right before the big boom, kind of. Um, so, yeah, I was like, well, I, I had no doubt in my mind we'll get 24 teams. Like, we, you know, well, the plan was to get, like, 40 or something, right? So it's like, oh, like, we only got to get half the teams that we plan on getting. Like, that's no problem. Like, of course we'll get 24 teams. And so, yeah, so pulled out, pulled out the old credit card and laid it down. <laughs> and we did, and it was great. We got, you know, we got whatever it was, 40 teams, and, you know, it all, it all kind of worked out great. So, well, and, and then you obviously made other bets on yourself, whether you want to classify that or not of stepping away from uh, a PE role to 
running yeah. the gym full time and building the brand. And yeah, I've heard yeah. you talk a, a little bit about, especially in those early stages, as, as we know with entrepreneurship, you're wearing every hat, you're doing everything, you're, you're trying oh, to yeah. save everything. Yeah. Work-life balance is, is the myth that seems to always be out there with people. Right. But there is still a sort of healthy balance um, that you right. can try to create. And so I'm curious from your perspective, what were your early struggles with the balance side? And then how did you create something that works for you and your family? Well, when I was still teaching, part of it was that I actually really liked the job. Like I loved teaching. Um, I could have, I was planning on doing it for 40 years, like retiring, like why not? You know, I, did, I was having a good time. Um, I didn't have discipline problems, you know, it's kind of on how you approach things. And anyway, it was great. Um, but, but then yeah, things, things got busy and what it kind of came down to is I was, you know, working from five to seven in the morning, going and teaching school all day on my lunch break. I was usually working, uh, for Captain Kills or whatever. Um, at least the last year I was teaching. And then after school, I would be coaching a class at my gym, come home, eat dinner. We just had our first daughter. Um, so we'd put her to bed and then it's like, then I would work from seven thirty until 10, 10 or 10 30 night, you know? And, uh, that's, just not really sustainable uh, working from 5 a.m. till 10 o'clock pretty much with, but just the short like dinner and, you know, like two, two or three hour gap where it's like eat dinner as a family and stuff. But even then I always made a point, like we all sat down, we eat dinner together every night, you know? So we always kind of did that. Um, so, t so stopping teaching was to me, it was kind of same thing. It was a no brainer, right? You know, it's like, well, it's what I got to do. Like what's, um, and sometimes I still joke, actually the, the day-to-day -day fund of teaching PE is probably better than my day-to-day. -day. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I have a pretty good, I have pretty good days, you know. Um, but, uh, but man, teaching PE is just a blast. But the overall experience of what I do now is just so, so far, so far beyond, you know. And just the, the opportunity to, to have an impact on people and, and all that, you know, is, is, is good. I mean, there you could do it. I mean, I had 250 kids at a time but you're teaching 250 kids a year. That's it. Right. Yeah. So even if you do that for 40 years, you know, the total number of people you can have an impact on is going to be is you know, is very limited. Right. Yeah. So yep. that's awesome. And, and so then now, now with the work-life balance, it's a lot different. I actually, um, Craig Ballantyne, I don't know if you know about mm -hmm. Craig or not. Yeah. So. You just went to his, uh, his conference, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I hired Craig actually a little over a year ago. Um, I've been, so he's a friend of a friend. So I, I, it's funny. I read his book years ago. I read quite a bit. Um, and so his book came, I came across it somehow, whatever, a few years ago. And I read it and implemented some of the changes from it. And, and that was really good. Um, and then it turns out he's kind of a friend of a friend of some people I'd met along the way. And so I got introduced to him. Um, and then, yeah, it's so about a year ago I hired him. And, and since then it's been a complete game changer in the, in that kind of work-life balance. I, I, I still work a lot, um, but it's it, the, the times you do it and the way it's done and, and setting time aside for family stuff is, is really important, you know? And part of that's having realistic expectations, you know, like um, I don't like, I still work out, but I work out honestly, like three days a week, you know, sometimes two days a week, but always three, um, which I would like to do more, but you know what, if you do the right things and if you don't eat like an asshole and live a pretty healthy lifestyle, like that is, that's enough to be healthy and fit. And, you know, like, so that's like, I'm not, um, I'm not going to be competing at national championships for weightlifting or, or qualifying for the CrossFit games with that kind of volume. But, uh, I feel good, pretty strong still, you know, all that. So was there a you know, mental adjustment for you with that? Like a lot of people that go from being competitive yeah. to working out two to three days, like 
you feel like if you're not in the gym, you're losing ground or it's a wasted day kind of thing. And a lot of people struggle with that mental transition. Well, so I had this, so when I was competing before I was uh, lifting for California straight and weight, weightlifting team. And I was doing their elite program, which is like nine sessions a week, right? So double days, three days, and then once a day, the other you know, three other days, whatever. And so with that anyway, sometimes I'd have to take some things out of the program. I was doing, cause I was doing that while I was teaching still. And then once I kind of, once Catherine Keels kind of took off and once we had our, our kid, um, our first child, it just, that just wasn't practical. I was kind of like stagnant a little bit. And actually when I cut back and I did the, their club program, which is just one session a day, five days a week. When I cut down to that, I actually started hitting like PRs again. And so you go, you know, actually cut out some set, some volume and start doing better because I could actually recover from things, you know, and I was getting a little bit older too. I was almost 30 or might've been 30 at that point. Um, just turned 30. So just from life, life stresses and, and life stuff and kind of what's going on. And so I already saw that happen. So I knew that's a real thing. So, I mean, really now it's like, you know, just working out what, like I said, three times a week or, or two to three times a week on average. Um, it, it's fine because I know what my goals are. And that, that's the, that's the problem I think with that mentally is that's where all stress comes from, right? There is, there's expectations and there, there's reality and the, the gap between those, the tension between those is what stress is. And so if you say, so I know, like I only work out, you know, three days a week because I, it's not like I'm sitting on my ass, not, not like choosing not to do it. Like, you know what else I, I only do uh, two to three hours a week, watch TV. You know, like I think I watch two hours of television a week. Um, if that, you know, some weeks it's, it's none. Some weeks it might be two to three hours in total, not a day, like total, you know? Yeah. And so it's not like I'm wasting my time doing other things. Um, I just choose like I, I want to from 5 p.m. until 7:30 p.m. I turn off my phone. I put it in the other room, so that I can eat dinner with my family and play with the kids and not be staring at my phone while they're staring at the TV instead of playing with them or talking to them or talking to my wife and that type of thing. You know, um, so like th th that's a choice I make. So it's not like I'm just choosing work over exercise. Also, like I'm also like that time, I guess tech, I could work out at that time. Like I got stuff in my garage. I don't have to leave, you know, but that's not, that's not ultimately fulfilling. Right. Um, then I'd have the tension where I feel like I'm not spending this time with my family, you know, or I'd look at my daughter who's watching TV or whatever, you know, and then that doesn't feel that great all the time either, you know? Yeah. So, so I think that's really it. You just gotta, as long as you're, you're in alignment with what your expectations are and what reality is, then there's, there's no real room for that tension. Well, and, and that's a great point for anyone listening is, is to quit worrying about kind of what everyone else is doing, because what you found is what works for you and your family, where you've decided to trade off some time in the gym for more time with the family and that set schedule. Right. It doesn't have to look at like what you think it's supposed to look like or what right. everyone else thinks it's supposed to look like. Yeah. And you know, you, you find other things too. It's like, like I said, if you have some general healthy habits, I also think that people have this, you know, preconceived notion that like in order to be in great shape or to, to be in good shape or to be healthy, you know, you need to be doing so much more than that. And like, that's not really the case, man. Like, I mean, I'm not saying you should be sedentary, not doing anything, but I mean, if you walk, even if it's not 10,000 steps, like you just make sure to walk over five, 6,000 steps a day, kind of, you know, get outside in the sun for 10 minutes uh, every day, um, eat vegetables 
every day. Um, you know, like it's kind of, there's, there's just some, uh, some basic things or if you just do them and you just kind of live that life, um, you know, really you don't have to work out five days a week to be lean. Like you just, it's funny, but I'm not kidding. Like you, you just kind of accidentally, um, you know, have abs and can run a mile, right? Like yeah. it's not, it's not like this big undertaking. It's just like healthy habits put into place and then being consistent with those healthy habits. Yeah. And, and one of the things along those lines that I've heard you talk about before is recently you hiked Mount Whitney, uh, which oh, is yeah. crazy. But I, when I heard you talk about it, it was literally like just the next little bit you were focused. Cause I think you guys started mm -hmm. at midnight so it's pitch black and it's just like, what's the next little marker, the next little marker. You weren't yeah. thinking about the entire 22 miles. What, what inspired you to climb that? Uh, and then what kind of activities along those lines do you continually seek out those challenges? Sounds like just to keep you sharp and constantly out of your comfort zone. Well, this one kind of snuck up on me. So, I, I mean, I've always, I grew up going backpacking. My dad always took us hiking and backpacking as a kid. So, I've done a lot of that. I spent a lot of time in the mountains. Um, so, I'm, I'm familiar with, with that type of thing, you know. Um, but then my, my neighbor, uh, he just, he did it like a, a year or two ago. Um, but he did it a different way. They went up halfway and kind of stayed at this base camp and then just go up to the peak, the summit the next day and back down. And he, it was like, it was tough. And he's like, man, I think it's, he saw other people doing it in one day. And he's like, I think that's the way to do it. So he got home and he asked me, he's like, Hey, you want to go up Mount Whitney next year? I'm like, yeah, man, that sounds good. I really didn't even know that it's <laughs> the highest peak in the lower 48. I was just like, Oh, hike up Mount Whitney. Yeah. I think my, I think my dad's done that. Like, I, you know, and actually I think it took him a couple tries because he gives us one part and the wind like blows through and it'll just blow you off the side of the mountain. So a lot of times you just have to go back down. Um, but so I was like, oh yeah, that sounds great. I'd love to do that. I haven't done any, you know, much hiking in a really long time and it's been a couple of years and I, I, I'd love that. All right. Sounds good. Cause you got to put in for permits. Well, so then, uh, we put in permits. We got the permits. Sounds good. I put on the, I said, you know, here's the thing. If I'm going to do anything like this, um, you know, that's like not work or family directly related. Like it's, if it's on the calendar four months ahead of time, I, I'll be there. But if it's like four weeks from now, there's my schedule's booked four yeah. weeks from now, you know? So put on the calendar and then like a week beforehand, he's like, Hey man, uh, you ready to go? I'm like, Oh shit. Is that, is that coming up? Like, yeah, yeah, man, I guess, you know? And uh, he said, okay, well I looked up the weather and it's, you know, it's supposed to be highs of like 28 degrees. So, you know, make sure you, you dress warm. And I was like, man, Mike, that's not even freezing, you know? And, uh, and he's like, yeah, you know, probably want to bring some gloves. So, all right. Sounds good. <laughs> so, so then that was, that was kind of it. So then we just showed up there and yeah, we, it's 22 miles round trip. And so a lot of times you start hiking at midnight. Um, so that way you can get back down. Um, if you're going up and down in the same day, so got the headlamps and yeah, we, at midnight, we just, we, we got there, we tried to sleep in the truck for like whatever, two, three hours. And then, um, yeah, I got up at midnight, started walking up the top of the mountain and, uh, it was, it was hard, man. Uh, but it, I never had any doubt we were going to make it, you know, like whatever. And it's like, it's hard. It's like, yeah, of course. Like, it's funny. It's like when people are lifting weights, like, oh, it's that fucking heavy. I'm like, yeah, I hope so. You know, like it's like, it's called weightlifting. Like that's the goal is for it to be as heavy as possible. You know, like if it didn't feel heavy, like then I'd, then I'd be worried. Right. Then, then you need to put some more weight on. Right. Quit sandbagging. That's right. So, kind of the same thing i'm going i'm like man this is hard and i was like well yeah like good like good right because if it wasn't hard what's the point you know like there's a reason why we went to go up to the top of mount whitney and we didn't just go 
walk up to the top of the hill that's by my house, right? Um, there's a reason why we, we drove over there to do that. So, so that's kind of it. And and uh, I, although I don't necessarily regularly uh, do things to kind of stay sharp, I think I'm gonna um, I'm gonna do more of that. Um, I, and the funny thing is, a week before that, the week before that, I did a I did a weightlifting meet. I, I haven't done one in four or five years. And Masters World Cup is in San Diego. It's pretty close. So I have a friend who does all the Masters meets. He's like, hey, man, like, so close. Go do it. And so I trained weightlifting again just three days a week, though, um, but for six months leading up to it and, and went and did that. And that was, that was good. And that was fun. It was kind of one of those things, too, where it's hadn't done it in a while. Just kind of go and kind of see, see if you still got it or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm going to kind of add that in. Maybe next year I'll do something like, I actually kind of have an idea. Um, okay. I was about to say, when I was watching, when I saw your I post, it, when I saw your post, it reminded me I had friends either that weekend or weekend after do the 29029, if you've heard of that. Mm-hmm. No, what's that? So Jesse Itzler. Um, oh, I know Jesse. Yeah. yeah oh, rents yeah, yeah. the mountain. Yeah. And they do the Everest climb. Yeah, so they go up it 29 times or whatever, right? Yeah, and ride the ski lift down. And so I had friends that did – I've had friends that did it last year and did it this year. And they talked about just kind of the – it sucked. It was hard as hell. But it's one of those things, like, you need to force yourself to do because there were elite athletes running up the hill, and then you get people that are just struggling on the first yeah. few, but you just keep one step after another. Yeah, man, it's like on the Whitney climbs, especially once you get to elevation because it's – you know, it's like it is the highest summit in the lower 48 so you start getting up there and it's like every step is hard like you stop you take a few breaths like okay your heart rate goes down you start walking you get like seven steps later and you're like you can't breathe you know the air is thin and it's um and it's all up obviously too and it's on uneven ground and all these you know rocks crumbled rocks and everything and it's just like whatever all right like you stop stop whatever it doesn't matter like take a breath and keep going you know well, one um, of the there was there was never even a thought of uh, like turning around, you know, unless there's like weather or something like danger type deal. But it's like just because you're tired, it's like whatever. It doesn't really matter how long it takes. You just got to get up there. Well, and the beauty of that is it kind of ties into one of the other things I want to talk about is it's very much you have that growth mindset. Like this is a challenge, but this is really just an opportunity for me to grow and get better. Um, and one of the things I've heard you share before is that you share this growth mindset with all of your team, your staff. You you give them a copy of Carol Dweck's mindset, which is something yeah. we read in our book club earlier this year. Um, have you always had that growth mindset throughout your life, or is it something as you developed older you thought, man, I've got to pour this into everyone? Um, I think it's something that I, I developed over my life, but lately it's definitely been more more prevalent. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's when I when I read that book, it was funny. I'm like, yeah, this is. I mean, obviously there's some realizations and and improved on some things myself. I'm like, oh, I should do this better or that better, or whatever. And really, it helps you understand other people I think really well um, but th- that was kind of growing up I I remember like my my grandfather um, owned some rental he always kind of he had his own business and had some rentals around town and I'd work for him over the summer and like half the time he's giving me jobs that I had no business doing you know I, remember I was like 10 years old I'm standing on top of a ladder um, <laughs> with a with like a reciprocating saw overhead, you know, this whole thing. And like, it was just like this. And then he walks in, he's looking at me, he goes, ah, maybe I should do that. I think <laughs> like, yeah, man, like this is not, this is not okay. So there's a lot of that type of stuff. And then also I, I really credit uh, my dad as well. Cause we go from take, for taking his backpacking. 
I mean, I was started, I was like five or six years old and we'd go off for four or five days going whatever, five, six miles a day um, up in the mountains, up in Yosemite and happened all the time. Like we'd be halfway up a mountain and uh, like, there's no option. Like you can't, you can't just go back. Like, look, you're, you're just three more days until you get to the car. You know, you're three days away from the car. Um, you know, like you can't really camp here on the middle of the trail on the side of the mountain. Like we have to go another two miles today before we can, um, like lay our sleeping bag down and sleep, you know? And so it's, it's kind of that, I think that really did have a big impact on me growing up is just having that, um, those kind of experiences when I was younger, you know, um, he would also, we'd go, uh, we'd go, he took a skiing. And I remember sometimes he would take us to the top of hills that no business being on. Like he thought it was fine. And it was in the end, you know, but I just remember being on top and looking down, just absolutely scared shitless. <laughs> I guess it's too steep. And I remember he'd always be like, well, I mean, just take off your skis and slide down your butt if you want to. It's like, well, we both know that's not that's really not- an option, you know? <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, just make bigger turns. No big deal. Just make, you know, just make, make more turns. All right. And so there's a lot of that type of stuff, those experiences growing up where, you know, he just kind of put, put us in these, and I don't even think he was doing it on purpose necessarily for personal growth. He just thought it was fine, you know, and, and it was. Um, so, so there's that. And then, uh, you know, just playing sports growing up type thing, you know, it's like started wrestling in high school and I didn't know anything about it, you know, and I was awful my freshman year. I think I maybe only won whatever, like five, 10 matches total my freshman year, um, you know, and then, senior year you're captain of the team and you know there's just a lot there's just that whole thing and there's lots of times in life I've experienced not not being good at something and then through through practice you know becoming um you know if not if not great at it you know at least getting some some sort of ability yeah well and and it's the practice it's the reps it's whether it's raising kids or entrepreneurship or wrestling like it's all about just getting the reps in Cause you're going to learn each and every experience uh, wrapping us up today, man, we are entering holiday season. I know how crazy this is for y'all. And for us, y'all have a pretty exciting announcement here before Christmas of something new caffeine and kilos is dropping. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So we actually have a product that we're calling, it's called clearly caffeine. And this thing, I like, it's not when this airs, it either just got released or will be released soon. So check it out. But the idea is that it's the, uh, it's a pre-workout out of the bullshit. And it's kind of funny. We actually talked about it earlier a little bit, not even on purpose, but it's uh, it's caffeine only. So it's just a caffeine only, uh, drink mix powder essentially. Um, so like each scoops 150 milligrams of caffeine. And so you can just do one or half a scoop and just kind of, you know, figure out what's right for you from there. Um, but so that's the whole idea is it's, it's, you know, a lot of people like myself, uh, I like drinking coffee before working out. I like just caffeine more than I like pre-workouts. I don't always like the itchy, itchy crawling skin and the yeah. grinding teeth, right? Do a set of squat and your jaw hurts. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so sometimes it's great, but like, that's not always right. Or, or I find personally, I know if I do that, um, especially in the afternoon, like kind of fucks up my sleep that night, yeah. I don't go to sleep, but then, you know, I wake up or I'm not rested in the morning. So anyway, so yeah, it's just, just caffeine only, but it, uh, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a powder mix. So you can just keep in your gym bag or you mix it up real quick on the way to the gym. And, and it's a lot more convenient than, uh, brewing a cup of coffee, uh, yeah. you know, at the gym. Right. 
Absolutely. Will yeah. you guys be offering that on subscription like your coffee is? Yeah. So it'll be on subscription or you can be able to buy single, single cans of it or jars of it. And they, um, and it's, it's zero calorie. It's the, uh, no, it's all natural. Like there's no artificial coloring or ingredients. It's basically like the, it's like the caffeinated Croy, like awesome. the caffeinated LaCroix, right? Or take a white claw, but take out the booze, <laughs> take out the booze and add in the caffeine. There you go. Man, well, that's, that's obviously a really exciting play for you guys this year. I know everyone that's already drinking your coffee is going to be excited about just adding that in. And for anybody listening, be sure to check it out as well as just check out Caffeine and Kilos for coffee, apparel, everything else. These guys do some fantastic branding. Danny, you've got your own website and newsletter. I know you send out as well. Where can people get connected with you best? Just go to dannylear.com, uh, D-A-N-N-Y-L-E-H-R com so dannylear.com and from there you can link to you can check out caffeine and kilos you can check out if you want to see my gym's website um or anything else from there and yeah lately i've been i've been posting a posting a blog up there and emailing out a little bit so i was writing these emails for my gym and i was getting a really good response for them and i figured well i might as well post them so everyone can see them right yeah. Well, and, and your content on Instagram is fantastic. You do a great mix of kind of behind the scenes as well as just great advice of some of the things you're working through and sharing from a personal development standpoint. So definitely recommend everyone checking out your website. Danny, thanks for joining the show this week. All right. Thanks for having me, Jake. Appreciate it. You know, I'm just out here. My goal, I just want to compete every day. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, competitors, for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast, your weekly home to cultivating the winning mindset necessary to excel in your work, your workouts, and your life. To connect with the show, learn more, visit CompeteEveryday.com. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. Visit CompeteEverydayPodcast.com to learn how you can get connected with other everyday competitors. Contact the show and find resources to help compete for your best life.